This is Dialogue, a podcast series from American Mosaic. Just driving around the country, talking to people about roots, family, community, jobs, kids, whatever is on their mind today. In this episode of Dialogue, I'm traveling in Montana, Last Chance Stampede uh, in Bozeman, uh, Montana. And I thought this is a good place to uh, find uh, cowboys. Uh, Otherwise, they're going to be spread out all over the place. These are rodeo people, and they're cowboys. And uh, I had some very interesting um, conversations and learned a lot about cowboy way and the lifestyle of uh, the cowboy and the people in uh, rodeo. This is a conversation with uh, Lacey, who is a uh, mother, a wife, and uh, very active in uh, youth rodeo, which is becoming uh, a very big deal and uh, probably is the the future of uh, rodeo. We had a very interesting conversation, and uh, she had a lot to say uh, about what she's doing. We also talked about uh, life in general, uh, values, and uh, a little of what's going on in our country today. Born and raised in Montana, my grandparents ranched south of Whitehall in Waterloo, Montana. And my parents lived in northern North Butte, um, Walkerville, Montana. So the parent, we had two different areas of our ranch. And, you know, kind of always been born and raised in the ranching environment. And my husband's a rodeo cowboy, which is kind of a little bit, you know, a little bit different than just raising cattle and horses. And, you know, he's got two older boys that were rodeo cowboys as well. And we have two younger boys, Rodeo and Demers and Bronc Rider Demers. You can tell that the rodeo roots rung very strong there. And our boys took interest in rodeo because their dad talking about it. And the oldest, who is now nine, when he was four years old, he won enough money at youth rodeos one summer to buy himself a bronc saddle. That was his goal, to have a miniature bronc saddle. And everybody just thought it was insane to, for a little kid to want a bronc saddle. So we had to go to a custom saddle maker to have this made. And for that whole summer, the little boy was opening up youth, like the an amateur rodeo associations. He'd come out and ride his little miniature buck and pony to start the rodeo. Well, that sparked the interest of several kids in the state of Montana. So from there, we picked up a few extra ponies. We bought extra bareback riggins and saddles for these kids to get on and practice. And, you know, it kind of turned it into some mini rough stock rodeos. And it happened rather quickly, but it turned into a huge thing across the U.S. and Canada. So we started a little association with one pony, and it is now, we have 120 ponies. We have 60 different contractors with additional ponies throughout the U.S. and Canada. And we take horses to the local rodeos where the youth can ride size-appropriate stock. And from there, word got out, and Las Vegas Events contacted us and asked us to produce the Junior National Finals rodeos. So we bring uh, 350 head of bucking horses from all the different stock contractors across the U.S. and Canada to Las Vegas, Nevada, December during the National Finals Rodeo, and we buck out, let the kids have a Junior National Finals Rodeo. So there's about, this year we'll have 210 kids down there. 
So we started with one pony. Now we're down in Vegas with 300 and 210 kids. So it's pretty, pretty neat little deal. Um, the kids absolutely love what they're doing. And we have horses that meet their size and weight. So a little kid that's four or five years old that just kind of has an interest in it, we have miniature horses that are going to you know, fit their program. And as they graduate, we have different levels of horses. We have peewee horses, which is kids that are six to nine, juniors that are 10 and 11, seniors that are um, 12 to 14, and then our novice kids are our high school age kids. And the size kind of fits them. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, it's cute. Well, in all honesty, it's not that cute. It's, it's the real deal. It's the true grit. And granted, these kids are cute and the horses are cute, but it is just as much discipline for these guys at this age. You know, and it's just size appropriate, comparable to what the big guys are doing. So it's a, it's a neat little deal. I asked Lacey about uh, social media and the time that kids spend on their devices today. There is a lot of opportunity for that, and unfortunately, you know, keyboards and tablets and stuff run a lot of the kids' lives these days. This is something where the kids are out getting out there. They're having to work up the adrenaline to cover an animal, you know, because it's size appropriate, but that's a big deal to them. They're building self-confidence, they're learning self-control, and they're learning to compete in an environment that they can also encourage other kids in their age groups at the same time. Even though they're competing with that kid, they're the first person to help them get gear or loan them gear if that other kid needs it. And that's what I kind of like about the Western heritage side of rodeo. And as far as rodeo in general goes, this is a great thing for the future of rodeo because Rough stock riders are a dying breed. I mean, some people joke that at some point in time, everybody became a little bit soft, you know? And I think that's true in society, just in general. And this has given the kids an opportunity to kind of have some true grit and something that's not, everybody's a winner. You know, we award first place, we award second place, you know, and there's prizes, there's a buckle at the end of the season. And everybody wants that buckle. A buckle has so much meaning to it because they don't just give them to everybody. You have to earn that buckle. So every time they put their pants on, put their, you know, belt on, they, you know, that self-accomplishment reminded every time. No, the community that you have in rodeo is pretty impressive. Everybody helps everybody's kids. Everybody's kids are encouraging other kids, even though they're competing against them kids. And that's something that is a strong, so strong, you can't separate that. You know, if you go to a basketball game or you're at a beauty pageant for the kids, those parents are cutthroat. You know, they're like against that other kid and they have animosity against other parents. Here, a dad that may have a kid riding in the same age group is going to be back there helping another kid put his bareback rig in, his bull rope or his saddle bronc um, on another kid's horse that is competing against his kid and they're cheering for their that kid just as much as their own. If that kid wins and defeats their kid, they're still as excited for that kid as it would, you know, as much as they would be their own. And that's what I think that form of relationship, you, you don't find it anywhere else. And I asked Lacey uh, what she thought about the uh, divide we have in the country today, the polarization. You know what? And I think the American people... I'd have to say, I think I said earlier, you know, it's been brought to my attention that people feel that loosely they use the term, became soft. And by meaning that, everybody's a winner. 
you know, and you're not happy if you're not the winner. But that should not be American culture. You know, we have our government system in here. And to me, win or lose, it was people's vote. You know, you kind of walk away, just like these cowboys walk away, with humbleness and gratefulness of somebody they were defeated by somebody else. I see in today's society, people aren't acceptive to that. You know, maybe if the tables were turned and the election didn't go the way it was, I don't think that there would be four years of criticism towards another president. Um, I really don't feel that way. I think every the other side of the table would have kind of sucked up, moved on, and did best with what they were given in front of them. And you can relate that to rodeo a lot. Um, you know, they accept it. On the other hand, I don't think I'm very happy with the way American society is for a majority because, you know what, the majority of the people voted, this is how it went. You know, we should all accept that and try and build the best society based on the cards you were dealt. You know, and unfortunately, if you were too lazy that you didn't go out and speak your mind, you have no opportunity to communicate how you feel about the results. You need to accept what, you know, like I said, the cards you were dealt. I always ask people what they think about uh, our values today. No, morals are not installed in the general population. And I think it goes back to, you know, just the different, there's so many single families, you know, that's hard. I think the programs that people are developing to help mother, you know, single mothers or single fathers to create that other family, I think that's a huge thing in society. Um, Morals, just in general, there's not many people that have them anymore. And that's why we love being in the rodeo environment, because morals are embedded in these kids' heads. You don't see a little boy very often walk into a restaurant without holding the other a door for somebody else. And we're talking about seven and eight-year-old little kids. And that's impressive. That doesn't happen very often. But these little cowboys, you see their little cowboy hats. You can rest assured somebody else is coming. You know, they're going to open the door for them. Or if an elderly person needs a seat, these little kids aren't going to sit around. They're going to stand up and they're going to give somebody their seat. And they do that for women, too, you know. And I think, another thing, I'm just not a big person on foul language, which I think kind of goes back to morals as well. It's few and far between. You'll have a couple of the little rodeo kids that have foul mouths, but it's pretty rare. And I like that because, you know, you're installing something in them that they know right or wrong, and they know the right things to say, and they know not to cuss in front of a lady, they know not to do certain things. And those morals... They've just been pushed by the wayside over the years. You know, not many people work on that. I asked Lacey if she thought that we were in a new America today. You know, new America, you know, you can't change what's been brought up. You know, people have already been accustomed to, you know, they were given this. They have this opportunity, free choice, free things. I think it's hurting America. I personally do. You know, I think... You know, back in the old schools, and I hate to keep referencing back to rodeo and the Western lifestyle, but I think that the morals and the beliefs and the values of old America are still strong in these branching, you know, rodeo communities. Everywhere else, everybody thinks they, you know, they're entitled. The entitlement is they don't know how to get their hands dirty. These little boys and girls that they're grown up on the ranches, 
they're still changing pipes. They're still irrigating. They're still getting their hands dirty. I mean, to and they know what a day's work's about. Most people in society, I don't even think they ever know what a day's work is. And I think that's why they find themselves in situations. I mean, I know there's, you know, mental illness and other things that can allow, you know, cause for people to become homeless and such. But I don't think a lot of people have ever known how to work. You know, too much of a handout society, it's failing our people. You know, by giving a handout, what are you doing? Why would they go to work for it if you're giving it to them? But there's going to be a time where the handout's not available. And now, guess what? We just failed those people. We failed American citizens by the handouts that we gave them. We talked about the uh, shrinking middle class and the poor uh, getting poor. You know, I think it kind of comes back to the same things, you know. Poor people are getting poor because the handouts are coming fewer far between and they've passed that down to their next generation. You know, and I think that has a few things. So, I mean, people aren't getting poor. They just are, they've been provided too much handout that they didn't work for it. When people learn to work for it, I think that's a work ethic is the issue America has, in my opinion. You know, if you can go get, not that, like I said, I'm not against, you know, assisting families and people in need. But some of the people that are getting the benefits and needing the help truly don't deserve them. And I think by doing that, we're just creating another opportunity where, hey, you can do this. Why go to work? You know what I mean? And I think, you know, our kids, and it's amazing because ranching communities, they pass the work down to them. The kids, they might have had to, you know, haul hay for 20 years growing up. As soon as they graduate college, they might have a full-time job, but their ultimate goal is somehow to get back to the ranch, which is more work than they do anywhere else and less pay. You know what I mean? So I think just installing work ethics in people earlier on would be more beneficial to society in general. You have to have a vision. You have to have a vision. You have to roll with the punches. You have to take your wins. You have to take your losses. And you have to have humbleness along the way. And I think having, building up the integrity behind something is the biggest thing. Going back to morals. People that want to get into something for the wrong reason, they're not going to succeed. Your morals and beliefs, if you take that and you install that into everything you do, things are going to succeed. I really think so. That's it for this episode of Dialogue from an American Mosaic. Thanks for listening, and if you uh, like this series, please subscribe.